You're listening to the Arsenal Church Podcast. To learn more about the Arsenal, go to thearsenal.church. And if you'd like to receive more content throughout your week, feel free to download the Arsenal Church app. Merry Christmas, Arsenal. Merry Christmas. How are we doing today? We good? We're good, good. Um, Anybody have family in town today? Yeah? You got some family in town? I do. My, my mother-in-law and father-in-law are in town, um, which is always, always great. My favorite mother-in-law, my favorite. <laughs> um, oh, not dreaded, my favorite. Uh, no, we're, we're excited. Um, we even have, I'm trying to see if, you, if I can see him. Where's Jose? Jose. Jose, Jose's back. Um, which I'm excited about. Jose just finished basic training. Um, so he is, he's back for Christmas holidays and heading to AIT. Um, sorry about that. Uh, but (laughs) we're glad he's back for Christmas. So, Hey, it's good to see everyone here today. Thank you for spending Christmas Eve morning with us. Um, usually we do an evening service, but on Christmas Eve, but since it's Sunday, we were like, oh, let's do 11 o'clock, and then you can, who opens presents on Christmas Eve night? Okay, yeah. Okay. Who opens Christmas, Christmas presents on Christmas Day? Oh, the only way you're supposed to do it, Sal says. Um, wait, let me see that again. Christmas Eve, raise your hands. Oh, wow. Christmas Day? Wow, most of you are Christmas Day. That... Typical Arsenal, we're like different than everybody, right? Like most people I know open Christmas Eve. Um, we will open our presents at the Baloo House Christmas Eve tonight. Um, and then tomorrow morning we get up and we get our special gifts from that bearded guy. Um, not me, Santa. Uh, yeah. We were, we were actually out to eat dinner last night, Maddie and I, um, because uh, Don and Bernice are in town we get babysitters. So they were like, Hey, go on a date. And we we're like, yes. So we went out and we were eating dinner and Madi was like, just staring at me and not like in the way that's like, she's just lost in my blue eyes, but <laughs> she was just staring at me. And I was like, what is wrong? And she's like, you have this one white hair in your beard. And it, it's just like, it, I just can't. And so I like leaned over and she pulled it out. And I, I was like, I'm about to enter my Santa Claus phase and she's slowing me down, you know, like my part-time job was about to happen. I was going to be, it's going to be Santa Claus. Not like the Santa Claus that went to Yara's school that she was like that. He wasn't the real Santa Claus because I could see his brown beard underneath the white one. No, no, I'm going to be the real one. I'm, I'm working on this part. I'm going to go this part. Anyway, where, where are we at? Uh-huh. The Christmas story, it's not Santa, the Christmas story. We've been talking about the Christmas story the past few weeks um, about the birth of Jesus. We've talked about it, um, and then today I'm going to wrap up um, Christmas Eve and this Christmas story. And for those of you that don't know, that don't get the email or see the signs, I'm also going to wrap up our last Sunday of 2023. Um, Some of you are like, wait, there's one more. There is. It's New Year's Eve. We're not having service. It's typically the last Sunday of the year. We do a Sabbath Sunday. Go spend time with your family. Uh, we will not be here. 
Sunday, December 31st. So, so just so you know that, tell people, if they show up at 11 o'clock, we won't be here. Um, and I won't open the doors. <laughs> but this is the last Sunday of 2023. Um, it's interesting. Christmas is, I don't know, for me, maybe for you, it's often a time of kind of reflection. We're getting close to the end of the year. Um, it's a time to look back um, at what has transpired through 2023. For some of us, it's maybe the only time that work slows down enough to even like look around and see what life is, is happening. Um, it, it's this time for us to reflect. A time we look back on the year, uh, maybe the turns that the life journey, our own life journey has taken us on, the good, the stressful, the sad, all of the things. This is a moment in time in our year, typically, where we, we take a moment to look back and to reflect. Uh, maybe it's, it's a time to kind of self-reflect, see who you've become this year, who you've, who you've grown into, um, what, what has changed in your life. Um, maybe it's a time where you ask questions. You ask questions of yourself. You ask questions of life. Uh, just, I don't know, it's anybody else, like, reflective time of the year? Um, I know for me, it's like, all right, I can sit down and kind of look back. Uh, maybe it's a time to look to the future, where you're going, um, what's coming up in this new year. Um, I know for some, New Year's a big thing, January 13th, there's a new marriage happening. Uh, so like this next year's big, right? We're looking at this, this, this coming up, this next thing. Um, I, I don't know, a question that I find myself at times asking um, and maybe you've asked yourself this question either at the end of the year or just in life in general, like, what, what is my purpose? Anybody? I know, we're just going in hard. Like, what is my purpose in life? Like, let's, every day, right? Every day. It's, a, it's an, like, what is my purpose? What is this next year, the years ahead? What do, what do they really need from me? Who can I be? Who am I becoming? What, what is my purpose on this world? Anyone in here every day? Maybe, maybe it takes a minute, maybe the end of the year, this moment in time, you start to think that. I think we all go through this, this thought at some point. And I, I've got a question. I, I wonder if Jesus ever asked this question. Like, he was born. He lived life as a human. I know like we, we, we look at Scripture, and it says that Jesus was fully man. He was fully God. But was there ever a time where he was like, what is my purpose in this world? I don't know, maybe not. Maybe Jesus knew exactly who he was, but I, I want us to ask a question today, like, why was Jesus born? Why, why do we celebrate Christmas? Why was Jesus born? Why did he come as a baby? Why was he born? Maybe when it comes to Christmas, this is a question we can begin to ask. Um, have you ever asked this question, like, why was Jesus born? Some of us grew up in church, um, and we've been told why Jesus was born, maybe, um, maybe we'll, we'll look at that today. <laughs> if not, if you haven't thought this, let's take a moment and just kind of ponder on the question, why was Jesus born? I don't want you to come up with the answer that you have in your head right now. Think about it. Why was Jesus born? Why? Luke 2, verse 8. We've read this story the last few weeks, says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Last week, Rob talked about the idea that if this story you are hearing about Jesus doesn't bring you great joy, then maybe the story you're being told is not the right story about Jesus. Because Scripture says these angels announced that the birth of the Savior we call Jesus said that they are bringing good news that causes great joy for all people. There's some pretty massive statements in that proclamation from the angels. Good news. The word gospel that we share, we, we talk about sharing the gospel. The word gospel literally means good news. It's translated good news. The story of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, should be one that brings great joy to all people. That's what the angels tell us at the birth of Jesus. That's what we hear. So why was Jesus born? Why come to this earth as a human baby? I think these are the questions of Christmas. This is what incarnation is about. This is God stepping into humanity, into his creation as Jesus. But why? Why did he do it? I think for most of us, most Christians, if we grew up in church, we might say something along the lines of this. When we think about this, this question, we may say, Jesus came to live a perfect life in order to be a perfect sacrifice for our sins. While, kind of like the Old Testament, this perfect lamb that was brought to the altar to be, to be sacrificed in order to cleanse sins, this is, this is our idea of why Jesus came, which I think it, it's understandable why we would make this comparison like to a, to a lamb. It's, it's the comparison we see in Scripture. But I, I, I wonder, and I, my, I don't know, maybe my kind of humble opinion here is, Maybe that's not the best reason to attribute the whole life of Jesus to, just so he could die. But maybe there's more to why Jesus was born. In fact, I wonder if sometimes in our haste as a church, we've created a theology and a religion around the end of Jesus's life, which sadly has allowed us to kind of miss the opportunity and the importance of the birth and the life of Jesus. It's not just a life that was a means to an end. It's not this life that Jesus was born, hey, I'm coming just so I can die. I don't, I don't think he was born just to die, but Scripture says he was born to give life. In fact, in John 10.10, 10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. One of the problems I see in, in some... I don't, I, I grew up in church, and so as I look around, I, I was talking to um, a guy yesterday about church and just growing up and reading and studying and seeing history and reading the history of the church and um, statistics that are happening in the church right now. And one of the problems I see in some of our teachings in the church is that we've, we've separated the incarnation, the coming of, of Christ, the coming of Jesus as a baby in the life of Christ from his death. We separate it somehow. We're so focused on his death, burial, and resurrection. Easter's the big one, right? We were talking about it the other day. In church, this is weird. 
Um, in church circles, they'd be like, it's Easter, it's the Super Bowl, right? It's like, well, what's Christmas? Like, Marty said it's the World Series. It's like, you know, which I'm a baseball fan, so I'm like, that's big time. But we're so focused on the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus that sometimes I think we miss the importance of the coming of God to be with us, to live a life with us. I think maybe at times we've made the life the birth and the life of Jesus kind of irrelevant to the gospel because we're so focused on the death. Traditionally, may we give Jesus' birth like lip service with regard to salvation. We, 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 we celebrate it. We enjoy it. It's got presents. And we turn it into this nice Christmas story for, for our kids. But it, it becomes a minor in the overarching story of Jesus. Jesus obviously had to be born in order to live the perfect life, sinless life, and die for our sins. This is the story we tell. In fact, I, I, wa- I, watch, I watch sermons quite a bit to see what people are talking about. And I, wa- I saw a couple last night already that I was watching, and there's this whole story about Jesus and the birth. There's a manger, and they're, they're pointing at Jesus, and they're like, this baby came so that he could die, live a sinless life so he could die, so that you could experience life after death. Like, well, yeah, but we missed a whole part of it. There's 33 years of Jesus' life that we're, we're missing. And I think that, the, the, that part is very important to this story of Christmas, and why Jesus came. In fact, Scripture says from the very beginning that Jesus came to bring peace, to bring goodwill to all men. He came to bring new, good news and great joy. Those aren't after-death plans. Those aren't things that, oh man, after we die, we get to experience these. Those are things that Jesus says, I brought these so that you can experience them now. Peace, goodwill towards men, good news, great joy. How does life get affected by the person of Jesus? I'm going to give you a few reasons I believe that Jesus' birth and life matter greatly in the gospel story and how that might affect us and not, it'll change our view of being focused on a future and on our death and where we end up, but actually focus us on a now and where we are and who's around us. First, Jesus' lowly birth to a teenager shows us that love is vulnerable. We've talked about this. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. God is not afraid of a scandal, self-emptying, intimate, always trusting, even willing to put himself in inferior human hands. The creator coming as a baby to a teenage mother, you don't get much more vulnerable than that. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Any real connection, relationship, involves vulnerability. The vulnerability in our relationship with God started with God's vulnerability to us, stepping into this world as a baby. This was a living life kind of plan, not just a get to the cross plan. This was a let me show you what life can look like. Scripture says we love because he first loved us. This is a moment where we see what God's love looks like. We're asked to enter into vulnerability with God, but only as a response to God's vulnerability to us. He meets us there first. 
And our loving that we do is then in an act of reflection to what God has done to us. Loving is an act that we do together in life. It's, it's this idea that we receive love and we share love. It, and that, like, how do you share love when you're dead? You, you don't, right? But we get to share love now. We're, we're invited into a life where we share love now. So what does Jesus' life invite us into? What does the birth invite us into? When Jesus entered the world as a baby to a scared, unwed teenage mother, it, it wasn't this triumphal entry that people thought that the Messiah was going to come as. It wasn't this riding in on a massive white horse, going to war, and everybody's like, oh, there's the Messiah. He's coming to, to, to just free us. No, no, no. It was, a, it was a baby born to a scared, unwed teenage mother in, in the middle of nowhere, confused, trying to figure things out. And God meets us there. Why did Jesus come? Why was Jesus born? It was in this moment. Like imagine Mary and Joseph. One of my first Christmas stories, I, when I preached, I preached from the view of Mary in the Christmas story, and that was not a good idea. I had a lot of people that were like, all right, white man, talking to us about how a pregnant woman would handle this. Uh, it's like, okay, I've learned a lot. Marty, Marty was like, not again. Uh-huh. <clears throat> no, it is that night. It was this night where Mary and Joseph show up, and they're trying to figure out what's happening. Mary's about to give birth to this baby who she has been told is God, is coming in to be with us. It was this, this moment where God says, I'm going to meet you there in all vulnerability, not in this massive way, but in the sweetest way possible. I'm going to come as a baby to a mother in a manger to show you what love can look like. We're going to take a moment right now before I, I continue in what we're doing, we're going to take a moment to kind of reflect on some things of that night. <clears throat> the band's going to come back up. We're going, to, we're going to sing a song. There's candles on your chairs. We're going to light those. Look up real quick. Everybody look up. Look, look up. Do you see what that is above you? That is wood. <laughs> Please don't set the church on fire. We're gonna do we're gonna do we're gonna do real fire here. But I want you to really reflect on where that fire is. Yeah. Alright. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a moment. We're gonna reflect on that morning, that silent night. Not this massive blowing of trumpets, Messiah coming to like wake everyone up and tell us that he's here, but a moment, a silent night where Jesus came as a baby to meet you, to meet us as Emmanuel, who's God with us. So would you do me a favor? Stand up. Careful if you already have your fire. Stand up. The carpet underneath you is also fire burnable. I don't know, whatever. (laughs) 
All right. While you do it, try to do it quietly as we reflect on who Christ is, what he has done, how he came to meet us through vulnerability. Silent night. Silently. But let's take a moment to reflect real quick. A silent night where God came to meet his humanity in a manger born to a teenage mother he said I, I'm here to meet you I'm here to show you who I am we celebrate Christmas a time where this baby 
came to make God, the creator, vulnerable to his creation. May we remember Christmas as a time where through God's vulnerability, he showed us what love looks like. So we can share that love as we continue through this Christmas season. If you do me a favor, go ahead and take a moment. However this looks to you, close your eyes, look around, reflect. Take a moment just to, to think about what it, what it means for your creator. God, who scripture says is love, came to meet you in vulnerability as a baby. That he might share his life with you. So take a second. Let's take a moment just to think about it. Reflect. Go ahead and blow out your candles. Blow them out. Zach, don't start a fire. Are we good? Any fires? All right, can you take a seat real quick? Go ahead and take a seat. Watch the... I think they'll probably collect your candles unless you want to keep it. I think one of the beautiful things about reflecting on this moment that Christmas morning is knowing that God came to be with us. We get to see we get to see who God is. And I said God Jesus shows us that God came to show us vulnerability. I think another thing that Jesus came to do and why the life and birth of Jesus matters so much is Jesus came to actually give us a correct view of who God is for the first time in human history. You see, we, we, had, we had scriptures and we had writings about God, but this is a moment where God says, I'm going to show you who I am. Jesus, in fact, scripture says in John 1.18, no one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor except the uniquely beloved Son who is cherished by the Father and held close to his heart. And then Scripture says this, Now he has unfolded to us the full explanation of who God truly is. What does Jesus' birth mean? What does his life mean? We actually get to see who the character of God is. We get to see what God looks like. We get to see how God reacts, how God, how God interacts with humanity. Where do we get to see that? We get to see that through the life of Jesus. How he interacted with humanity. The life of Jesus wasn't just one of inserting power into relationships or culture. In fact, if you read the Gospels, it wasn't about Jesus' power coming to show the world that he's here to take over. No, no, we, we see love and compassion and kindness and caring and, and the full explanation of who God truly is. We get to see that on display through this baby and this person of Jesus. 
He revealed that God is not distant. He's not angry. He's not retributive. He's not demanding this appeasement. He's not this God that's just waiting on us to prove ourselves to him. But Jesus shows us that God is approachable. He's compassionate. He's other-centered. He's patient. He's loving. He's kind. He's not afraid of the people that society has decided are on the fringe. Now, Jesus sat at those tables. He traveled with the riffraff. He protected the vulnerable. He was accused of hanging with the wrong people constantly. We see who God is on display through the life of Jesus. Jesus is the character and person of God expressed in its fullest and final form. If it doesn't line up with who Jesus is, and we're saying this is who God is, I, I think we've missed it. If it doesn't, if, if I don't, if I don't, if I see somebody say, well, this is what God's like, and I look at Jesus and I'm like, well, that doesn't line up, then to me, I look back at what scripture says and points to Jesus and says, no, no, Jesus is the full and best expression of who God is. I think this might be one of the biggest theological, foundational things we miss in the life of Jesus. That Jesus is the living, breathing representation of the character of God. Jesus came so that we might know who God truly is. Through his life, we see God's thoughts about you. We see the love, the compassion, the acceptance, the patience, that, that this is God's character on display to humanity. So what does this do for us? The shift for us, I think, when we see who God is in Jesus, Scripture then says you can hear him resonate in you. You can see who God is. I can see who Jesus is and, and, and how God interacts, and I can begin to resonate with my, my, who I am because I'm made in the image of this God that is on display through Jesus. The truth about you has its ultimate reference in Jesus. When I see Jesus, Scripture says, I, I should see who I am, who I was made to be. So love, compassion, patience, acceptance, understanding, those are all things that deep down resonate with us. They, they resonate within us because the life and the spirit of Jesus lives in, in and through us. We are created in this image. You want to know who you are? You want to know what your purpose is? What your purpose might be in this time on this spinning rock we call earth? What, what is your purpose? I think we look at the character and the life of Jesus. We see who Jesus is, how he embodies the character of God. And I'm not talking about this sinless life where your actions must be perfect. I'm not, I'm not talking, I don't think that was the point here. I don't think we serve a God who expects perfection in our actions. That's not what Jesus came to prove or to show. I think God came, Jesus came to prove and show the character of God. He came so that we might have life, so that we might share this life. Jesus came to show us what the character of love looks like, lived out in the flesh. Jesus came so that we might experience love, so that we can share that love. He came to show us what interaction with humanity looks like. What a God who is love would do with his humanity. This is what Jesus came for. And the scripture says, whatever's true of him is equally true of you. In Philippians 
So if we don't have a distant, angry, demanding appeasement kind of God, but we have a God whose character and mind are fully represented in the person and the life of Jesus, then it seems to be that's the place where we should look to see who we are and find our purpose for life. We look to the life of Jesus to see what the will of God might be. We find purpose there. Scripture tells us that Jesus' life fulfilled what the law was actually for. It says that Jesus came to fulfill all of the law. And that that law is loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and loving others as yourself. In Matthew 27, it says this. Jesus replied, love the Lord. When they asked him, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus' life and his teachings were showing us the character of God who is love and showing us what it looks like to live from our purpose, which is loving others. It, it brings us back into a present moment. Jesus' teachings, when you look at, at, at the Gospels, his teachings, his, his interactions with outsiders show us how we're to live, how we're to treat others. This is God's will. It's how it's fulfilled within us. One might say that we find purpose here in actually sharing love with others. When we realize that the incarnation, the coming of God to this earth and the life of Jesus we understand that they are massively important in the gospel and who we are and where we find our life and purpose. Like imagine what that does to relationships and to communities around us. When we're not future focused, when we're not all thinking like, how do we get somewhere? What is the end state of all of this? How do I get to the end so that I can experience heaven outside of this earth? When that is our focus, it pulls us out of the present. When we're future-focused, Jesus comes in. The birth of Jesus was to orient us into the present, to bring you back to the right now, to, to look around, to say, no, 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 I came so that you might have life and share that life. And to share life, it means we do it now. It's not this fear or an only after death type of thing, but it's life, it's living, it's loving, it's caring. It's what the angels said that morning. It is bringing good news and great joy for all people right now where we are. So as we reflect these next few days on Christmas, the coming of God to be with us, as we reflect on this and we embrace the spirit of Christmas, I want us to look at the now. To not be future focused, but to pull back, look around. What does it look like to show kindness and compassion right now? What does it look like to see others and, and try to be patient and understanding? What does it look like to understand and empathize with others? I, I think for us to remember that the true meaning of Christmas is that Jesus brought good news and great joy to all people, actually changes how our life happens. It's what we get to share. It's what life's about. So what is our purpose? Being loving and compassionate and kind to each other.
that, that, that's our purpose. Understanding that humanity is connected, that you and I are connected. And then when I get to love you and be compassionate and kind and caring to you, that I'm bringing the spirit of Christmas, I'm bringing the spirit of Christ into the reality of right now. It starts with not being only future-focused or after-death focused, but acknowledging that the present and the right now and those around us is what matters. It can be as simple as offering a smile or a kind word to someone right now today as you leave here. Or it can be as significant as reaching out to those who are struggling during the holiday season. I don't think there's any act of kindness that's too small. And every gesture that we get to do of goodwill is just experiencing the spirit of Christmas, which I would say is just the spirit of God, and sharing that with those around us. As we look around this Christmas season and I wrap this thing up, <laughs> I want you to do this. Take a moment, take a deep breath. Everybody, breathe in. There you go. I like it. Slow down. Remember that God's incarnation in Jesus was not just a means to an end, but a way to show us that Jesus and who God is, is how he loves you. It's a place where he meets us. It's a place where we find who we are and how we are able to live and love and share kindness. See, I, I think the incarnation, the spirit of God is at work in all of us. And when we begin to understand who Christ is, who God is, the character of a loving God, then we'll begin to believe who we are, understand who we are, and then we get to share that with those around us. This, this is what the gospel is about. Understand the character of God, the love of God. Understand how much God loved you. He came to be with you. We experience that. And then what do we do? We share it. We begin to realize that we're not focused on just a future, but we're living in the present. Then people are no longer projects to be fixed. Now that's real. Because if we really look at it, like our, our, our theology sometimes turns a person into a project that I just need to work on to fix to make them better in order to appease a God. But when I realize that God is loving and he came to be with us and that they're no longer a project, that I'm in the present now, I can, I can be kind and compassionate and loving. It invites us to share this love through that compassion, through the understanding, through caring, through kindness. Imagine what the world looks like if we focus on loving people and not fixing them. <laughs> what, what, what does that look like? What does the world look like when the church says, hey, we're just here to love people? <laughs> Here's what I want us to do. As we step into this Christmas time, we experience Christmas, we celebrate Christmas, I want you to believe today the life of Jesus is at work in your life. 
that the spirit of Christmas means that he has breathed life into this world, that he has brought his life to this world. He has shown us the true character of who God is so that we might experience it, and then we begin to share it. What does the act of giving presents at Christmas look like? It is, it is taking and it is giving. It is sharing. It is seeing people light up with the gift that you are giving them. He's invited us into this incarnation, this life to show love, kindness, compassion, benevolence, to bring good news and great joy to all people. That's what Christmas is about, living this life in a way that brings that good news, that great joy, and a spirit of love to the world. But it starts with understanding and believing who God says he is, how he met us here, and what that means for us. Arsenal, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want you to know that you are loved. That God in his love and character and wisdom said, I'm going to step into this world as a baby to meet you in, your, in my vulnerability, in our vulnerability, to meet us there, to share his life and his love and his compassion and kindness with us so that we can see who God is, so we can find who we are in it, and then we can find our purpose, which is just to care for others and to love others around us. To find the spirit of Christmas in sharing love, kindness, compassion, acceptance, benevolence. Just being there for others. This, this is what Christmas is about. So as you leave here tonight, as you give gifts to your loved ones, I want you to remember that we are sharing the love that God gave to us. We're meeting God and the vulnerability so that we can share that love with others. Because Christmas invites us into the space and a place where we get to go love well. And here at the Arsenal, we say, you go love well. We say, you go love well. Because that's who we're made to be. And Christmas is a reminder and a reflection that God loves you so that you can love others. So Arsenal, Merry Christmas. Go love well. It's who you're made to be. And we'll see you next year. Thank you for listening. Our hope is that you feel loved and encouraged. If you have questions or need prayer, please email hello at thearsenal.church. And don't forget to download the Arsenal Church app.